This is the Saints of Little Knowing podcast. I'm Max. Across from the table, we've got Noah, our guest Tim, and across from me is Zach. Let's go get let's get going with the topic. Noah, so fill us in. Today we're going to be talking about did Christ grow while he was here on Earth? Because in Isaiah chapter seven, verses fourteen through sixteen, it speaks of how he became into knowledge and how he would eat on um, eat on certain foods until he got to knowing a certain thing, until he became knowing of of a certain thing. What's the the scripture reference there? It was Isaiah chapter seven, verses fourteen through sixteen. If you want to turn to it real quick. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, so what does it say for us? Let's dive in open mine up here. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He, this is 7, 14 through 16, right? 14 through 16. All right. Um, and then he shall eat curds and honey, in verse 13, when he knows how uh, to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. <clears throat> so as you saw through that, it said in, um, it said in 16, it said, For the boy shall know how to, well, 15, I mean, he shall eat curds and honey until he knows to refuse good and evil. Because, and before that we read it, it's Emmanuel and a virgin birth as well. Mm-hmm. And so that directly points to Christ. And then also seeing as it says, that he totally knows. I mean, to me, that shows that he doesn't know it yet when he comes to Earth. And I know that's bad to say, and that's why I kind of want to bring it up here, because that doesn't seem holy to me mm-hmm. in both figurative and literal sense. Now, the one thing, the first thing that immediately strikes me is that, um, I guess, two things. One is, are there any other passages that talk about this? But uh, probably before we get into that, I, let's at least look at this passage, I guess. Because um, this is the second thing I was thinking of, too, is this passage. Um, what I wonder is it says, For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. Well, that happened a long before the time that Christ was born. So it makes me wonder if this is really referring to Christ's character or if it's more referring to a span of time. Like, you know... In the time it takes for him to grow up, everybody's going to be gone. So, like, it's not going to be very long. So it makes me wonder whether it's really talking about Christ here or whether this is more of a, like, a time. This is how long it will take for your enemies to be defeated as my prophecy is fulfilled. So then how do you, how would you go about the virgin will conceive and bear a son? I would say that um, he's saying there's two levels of enemies you're against. So the same enemy, Satan, that motivates your two enemies now, he is still the enemy of everything. And so um, he also will be defeated by the sign of the Emmanuel. And so he'll, uh, in the short term, your short-term enemies, the Syrians and Syria, are going to be gone right now. But in the future, other things are going to happen as well. They're going to be even more going on. So. so wait, so you're saying that in this verse, it's not really speaking about the coming of Christ and him growing up and eating curds and honey. That it's more so about the enemies of Israel getting taken away? Yes, I would argue that verse 14 about Christ coming, I do think that refers to Christ coming. Okay. But I think that is referring to enemies in the future being destroyed. You think so that verse 15 is referring to verse about people in the future? Well, yeah, and verse 14 is. And then verse 15 about the eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy knows how to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings we dread will be deserted. I would say that I think those two 
are going to be, um, I think those two are just more markers of time as opposed to markers of telling us Jesus's character. I think there's a, a point um, that needs to be drawn out here. And that point is that maybe we can't use this specific text to answer our question, but we can use this text to ask a question. And so I think that's what you've done here, Noah, is that you have taken this piece um, of scripture, isolated it, which may not have been the best thing to do, but we can ask this question of, can Jesus grow intellectually, emotionally, spiritually? Um, did he do that while he was And that's kind of what I was trying to get at. So maybe we need to go to um, looking actually at the life of Jesus and kind of realizing the two natures that he had, right? So... Um, figuring out, okay, what is what does Scripture say about the divinity of Christ and its co coevality to the um, the humanity of Christ as well? So, if we consider those two categories, maybe we can compare and contrast and pull something out. So, I would I would definitely probably go. Um, Where would we start then in in the Gospels then to find anything about? Yeah, that? yeah. So uh, probably. I mean, there's definitely some things in, in Matthew chapter 4 that I think yeah, I probably Yeah, like 4.11 where it says, and the angels came near and ministered to him. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. So if you actually look at this kind of um, piece here, starts, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. I think that's an important part. By the Spirit into the wilderness in chapter 4, verse 1, uh, to be tempted by the devil. So I think... Um, by the time that we know that you know he had he had out he would um, he was about to start his ministry um, later in chapter four it, it talks about him beginning his ministry and so I think what we need to pull from that what what needs to emanate from that is that Jesus um, had a relationship uh, with God that was kind of I think interwoven with the Spirit and so he was being led by the Spirit into these different things and, and probably ministering. Of being ministered uh, to by the Spirit from that aspect. There's a good quote by, um, well, it's debatable whether this quote is good, true, accurate, whatever you want to consider it. But basically, William Barclay, the Scottish theologian and, and teacher at the University of Glasgow many years ago, said, The Jewish teacher sometimes gave his class a very interesting reward which may have come to Jesus. In those days, they had no paper and pencils and they largely used slates or slate pencils or chalk. But sometimes the teacher would write the alphabet and he would write a sentence on a slate in a mixture of honey and flour. Then he would take the slate and he would show it to a boy and say, what is that letter? If the boy told him correctly, he, he was allowed to lick the letter off the slate. This is what the psalmist is referring to when he says, Thy words are sweeter to me than honey, and honey from the comb. So I kind of think that's interesting that it it posits um, the early beginnings of of intellectual training in in kind of that that, that Jewish culture and, and stuff like that. So that's really good. That's a really good point. That maybe I think also that maybe that curds and honey reference in Isaiah is more about like how someone would grow up because it sounds sounds like that Jewish boys would maybe grow up with that kind of idea of like knowing how to read was associated with that kind of curds and honey thing. So maybe it's saying another marker of time. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I think is also um, Luke 2, I think has some really good things to say about this. 
So um, or you, some of the main texts about it. When you say the Kurds are hunting, meaning the boys growing up and they, them knowing how to read and write, are you then all saying that Jesus had to be taught how to read and write? See, this is the thing that we get to when we when we start um, working in that kind of thought is is we think okay, so Jesus is is somehow insufficient, but in in the culture, I mean, if you think of like Mary and Joseph as raising a perfectly divine son, you know, what what would you do in that? I mean, Jesus was, was um, uh, you know, a, a metalsmith or a woodsmith or whatever they... They, they were carpenters. That yeah, that's what they say, but some of the, the Greek and stuff would say that he was, he worked more with his hands. So they okay. go a little more vague on that. Okay. But anyways, so you think, okay, why would, you know, if Jesus was perfectly divine, why was he working, which is a very typical thing to do for, for that type of age, right? So if you look at the, the culture, I don't think it was wrong for Jesus to be, you know, learning in school or doing these types of things, going through these, these natural ritualistic, you know, so, But practices. you think he knew that as he was going through school? Like, he was just getting a refresher course on how to read when he was in grade school learning up how to read Thomas the train engine and the uh, little train that could and, and Sesame Street. Because that's what, I mean, he, that's what he learned, most definitely. <laughs> okay, so please disregard that heresy. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say that, that um, because of, you look at the track record of Jesus, especially on, on the night um, that he was betrayed, and you look at kind of the submission in, in Matthew 26 and 27 and 28, you kind of look at the way that Jesus surrenders to God, submits himself um, to his will when he says, when he's praying in, in Gethsemane, um, and he says, uh, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, um, but as you will. So I think Jesus had a good a good a very good sense of submission and submitting and so in in human terms that probably took took place where he was submitting to things even if he did know right you know so you just think he was okay so he was submitting to the teachers and he probably knew the things that they were teaching him already i don't know i i, I, I we don't we don't know that's like that's kind of the whole i would say yeah i i I think you I think you're right there Noah and that it seems like there's something very telling about the Bible's silence here and that there's a lot of extra biblical material that would talk about all the signs Jesus did when he was a child mm -hmm. and I think there's something telling about the Bible not emphasizing that like saying right. look he was human just like you so don't get too caught up in what he did in childhood what we know from Luke is that Luke 2:40 says and the child grew and became strong filled with wisdom and the favor of God is upon him. So we know that he grew and became strong, whatever that means, so physically and mentally, whatever. He was filled with wisdom. Now, we don't know if that means that was an active part. He gained more wisdom. It seems mm -hmm. likely because, I mean, he, he was like a normal person. Right. Yeah. Does it threaten? Does... Does saying that he was like? No, does... Um... Dispositing the view that Jesus grew in knowledge, does that mm -hmm. view threaten his divinity? Uh, to me, I feel it might because if he was there the whole entire time and existed 
in, like he was in existence, as it says in John 1. It says he, he was the Word in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he was with he was a part of God the entire time before we even saw him walk the face of the earth. So stating that there was growth in him, it, it to me it feels like I don't know. It, it makes me it, it makes me wonder about not worry, wonder about his divinity, but it like like a threat into it by saying he grew on earth. I don't know. One thing I would say is. Um, there's a lot of debate I've heard of people say of did uh, did Jesus to some extent give up some of his power as God? So even though he was still God, was there a sense where he gave up some of his powers? There's a sense that I mean, I love using the word powers. You know, you're like it sounds like a superhero, right? Uh, but did he give up some of his powers? Tim, you got something? I mean, it, it's not necessarily with the power. It's just I remember Steve Dussault talking about it at some point in time. Um, where uh, it's not necessarily dealing with Jesus, but God chooses not to remember your sins. Hmm. Like when you're when you are forgiven, like He knows, right? Like He knows everything you've done. He knows everything that you will do. But when you ask for forgiveness and He forgives you, He chooses not to remember. So I wonder if going through childhood Jesus chose to not remember how to do these things and grew up as a, a regular boy as a regular boy just to which see be, how it would be which would be the more plausible thing if Jesus was capable if okay if Jesus knew everything yeah right if he knew everything there was to know about everything right would he would he be um like which which would be harder, which would be more more trying for him to submit to the the authority in his life when he knew everything, or to to choose not to remember so that he could relearn that thing. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I I see I what you're think saying. Think I see what you mean. Like you're you're saying that. Um, I mean I I think. I think I have experienced this with people who are either older than me or teachers of of myself, I guess. Like yeah. people who have been teaching me things like you go through a class and you're in this, you know, basic class and your teacher is like going over something you remember from years back and you're just yeah. like this, this is dumb. Like, why am I even doing this? Yep. I know what is going on. And yet you still submit to them. Mm. I think, I think, I guess in my opinion, I think choosing to not remember how to do something is harder than that, mm -hmm. than submitting, because within that submission, you're just acting like everybody else and maybe it could be uh, besides the reference you were talking about of God choosing is Hebrews 8.12 for I will forgive their iniquities and will remember their sins no more thank you but anyways you know how like if we if we use the example of um, kind of sitting in a class so there have been a couple classes where I would be vaguely familiar like when a term came up or a vocabulary word uh specifically extrinsic to that um, 
class or that topic, I would know the concept of that. Like I would understand, I would, I, I could attribute it to something that I've experienced in the world already. So for instance, if, if I'm learning in psychology about reflected appraisal, um, I've already, before I ever learned that term, I had experienced reflected appraisal before learning about the term, learning about its implications, learning about that. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Jesus had a sort of disposition in quote-unquote knowing. I mean, I know we can get um, kind of into epistemology there about well, what is knowing and how do you know what you know and I all of that. I think but. we're on to something here by saying Jesus did perhaps like choose not to remember the stuff because why would Isaiah prophesize that he was going to grow in knowledge and exactly. call him still Emmanuel at that point? Mm -hmm. I well, mean, it's not it's not sinful to it's not sinful to know, to, but if grow. but you have a almighty being coming down to dwell with us, mm -hmm. so he, what growing does the almighty being should have? What about the consist That's the whole. What about the consistency, or maybe even the contingency between the different areas of growth? Right. So we have obviously we know that Jesus grew physically, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Because Absolutely. we hear about. In the Gospels, yeah, we do him that. as a baby, mm -hmm. um, him as a little boy, him as uh, I think man. they purport as like a thirty-three-year-old man. Yeah, thirties yeah, like when he was in his exactly. teaching. So we hear of different parts of that. So we can conclude that Jesus did grow physically. So if the Bible is willing to, I mean, if Scripture is willing to reveal to us and and kind of show us that that Jesus grew physically and that was a part of his humanity. Is it is it that much more to cross the line and say that Jesus grew in these other areas without it having, you know, without it threatening the fact that he was divine? Well, I'm going to add something in here. Um, another perspective maybe on this. Uh, so I found this article on Desiring God by John Piper. It's in his, like, one of his Ask Pastor John episodes. It's a transcript of that where they asked him what do you think about this question of Jesus? Because they actually found an old sermon by him where he had said, I think Jesus was, in the one sense, he emptied himself of his divine nature, but in the same sense, he still stayed divine. So mm. he emptied himself of his attributes, but stayed divine. Mm. So the two verses he points to as an older person now talking about it is he goes, first I look at Philippians 2, 6 through 7, which mm. says, though he was in the form of God, yeah. he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but empty himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Right. So you read that and it sounds like, oh, he emptied himself of all his divine right. attributes. But then again, in Colossians 2, 9, it says, for in him, that would be in Christ, the whole fullness of deity mm -hmm. dwells bodily. So he has the whole fullness of his divine nature there. So he did not empty himself of divine nature because he was 100% uh, God in addition to man. So John Piper, his advice is to look at John seventeen five, where Jesus says, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So there's a sense where his glory is at a different level. What chapter his divine nature is the same. Oh, John 17. John 17. So that would be like when Jesus is praying at the end for his disciples at the end of the Last Supper. And it's interesting that he got there because when you were explaining it, I was thinking that he might have gotten his whole entire, like, his whole entire thing back when he was baptized. Like, um, he gave up his divinity is what you said he gave up? Well, see, it was, con it was they contradicted themselves. So 
Philippians were not contradicting themselves. They they kind of both said different things. So, but the Philippians passage in context is talking about Christ's example of humility. Yeah. And um, actually, no. Why don't you look up the word? Um, do you have Strong's with you? Uh, yeah, always. Okay, so in Philippians two, six. Can you look up the word uh, equality? Philippians and, 2 6. Yes, and, and, and kind of give us a little bit of background context of what what equality means in that context of Christ. Equal? It's, well, the word's isos, and it's, um, it's a kind of like having the seeming similar to each other it's like through the it's like it's like having common mind between each other like me and you both see similar on um like an like an object like if um i don't know how to describe it like the day what the day was well we both are in that kind of agreement in our mind okay that's kind of what it is it's through the idea of seeming similar that's really good actually because it's like seeming similar can mean not a lot of things like Emptying himself, does that mean he got rid of it, or is it more to say he emptied all his self? He had no like desire for position or anything. Mm. He was like at that point, because John 17, then when it says 17 5, says, Glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Well, obviously, Jesus appears is going to appear at the second coming in a completely different state right. than he is now. So there's a sense where Jesus changed his state somewhat to be here. So is it, is it not very possible that he could have changed some of the attributes he used here as well and just said, I'm still God, but I'm going to only reveal certain parts to you? I th- because he didn't review everything, reveal everything to his disciples You're right. by any means. Because well, he, he, said, he said to the disciples, even he said, um, what I've shown to you now, you don't, you don't believe or you don't fully trust in. Or you don't fully understand. You, you don't fully understand. You don't it, fully understand it. Yeah. You, if I showed you any further, how would you understand any more of that? Mm-hmm. There, do you know the Do you know the scripture reference? I for don't that? know the scripture reference for that, but it was like they were wanting to see more of the kingdom of God. He's like, well, if I showed it to you, you wouldn't even understand that because I've shown you stuff already. You didn't get that. I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I'd like to have that reference. I don't know um, where it is either for the life of me. I think it's in Matthew. Okay. Matthew, Matthew, it's in. What was the? What's the, the actual? Teens. What's the actual word in Jebet? Do we know that? Uh no. As an in between, while we're looking it up, uh, I would add that also um, in the Old Testament, you know, Moses is only able to see the back of God because God is so is so glorious. But if you think about it, God can kind of pick and choose how he reveals his attributes, right? Because mm-hmm. God doesn't really have a back. So when he's showing him the back of God, he's showing God's just saying, I'm going to pick and choose kind of certain attributes I'm going to let you see. So if you think about it, if Jesus revealed everything about, I mean, that didn't make God any less God. And the same thing here, Jesus revealed everything. People would just, we just fall over dead from the shock of the glory of, of his glory. So yeah, he had to limit right. that on earth. Because just for the fact that he was becoming man, you found it, Tim. I think it was in the parables when he was okay. Well, all of this has been revealed, or yeah, they were asking him why. Why do you speak in parables? Um, Let me. Let's. Yes, you're right. He says, "Why do you speak in parables?" And he says, "Because basically, you wouldn't understand it if I revealed it fully." So even to his disciples, he reveals some interpretation of the parables. All right, Matthew ten. Go all the way. Or Matthew thirteen, ten through seventeen. Oh, I'm yeah. right here, right here, I'm here. All right, what does it say? Um, 
Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And then he kind of goes on and, and explains all of that stuff. Right. So I guess in that <laughs> sense we could see, like, when he was with his apostles, we did we see, we, did we see, we saw him show more, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Is it accurate to say when he was with the apostles that he shown more of his character of divinity or godliness around the apostles, like when he was well, with them? Well, I would say he did let them see special things. I mean, if you think about uh, the transfiguration is what I immediately, what I immediately think about. Matthew, is that yeah. 17. Matthew 17, yes. And uh, in the transfiguration, he does see them, see the glory of, of him. And, well, first of all, this is so interesting. Um, so he, he tra- he's transfigured before them, 17.2. His face shone like the sun, his clothes became white as light. But he's not that terrifying yet. Because Peter says to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we are here. I will make the three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. So at that point, he's still in possession of his senses. So clearly, Jesus was, Jesus was choosing how many levels of glory he was kind of going to show to them. Because then... You know, as he's speaking to them, a cloud comes over him and says, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Yeah. Like, literally to the point they can't even look up, they can't even think. They're just, like, completely just lose their senses. He's so powerful. So I think that really is telling just how much Jesus was limiting. kind of limiting and picking and choosing what attributes right. of God he was going to demonstrate to the people around him even though he still was fully god and fully man he chose which attributes am i going to show okay okay so i think i think i'm getting an understanding of this so he um he decided that i'm going to make myself the low of the lows and humble myself to the people and as mark kind of shows he was a humble savior a savior of the people and and kind of go through the whole education step of learning and being taught but he still got eats kept all his knowledge Seemed like right. he was a teen, he taught. Right. At 12 years old, he was shocking them with right. all he knew. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, yeah, I think in any ways that he could have grown would probably have been physical then. Well, probably yeah. physical and by, no, not by trade. He said he did gain wisdom, though. So He I don't said know. he did gain wisdom. Mm. Yeah. So there's something about that. But I think the a big point to make about this is just that we forget just how powerful God is. Mm-hmm. And that just how much Jesus had to restrict, how much he showed his attributes. Otherwise, we would just be overwhelmed by all that's going on because humans just can't handle the, the full glory of God revealed mm-hmm. um, to us right now in our bodies. A similar thing happened in, in John 3 when... Uh, Matthew John, 3. No, oh, Matthew 3, sorry. When uh, John is baptizing Jesus. And afterwards... Um, in verse 16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So a very um, similar echoing sediment right there, that it's kind of like, I mean, to a certain extent, can we, can we infer that, that John was witnessing that as well? I don't. It seems like it. When it says the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, we can't really see it as like a literal bird flying down. There's been a lot of there's there's a lot of debate over what. No, it actually, I wasn't getting it. I wasn't okay. even like pausing that it was a, that it was. A, okay. That it wasn't well, metaphorical. Yeah, I think they might. They they probably saw the cloud. They probably saw something kind of 
maybe saw something come down and go on. I think they did. That's why I I mean, but yeah, but we're talking in in glory terms. Right. Right? So, so in that sense, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't even remember quite what we were talking about, but I know I I just wanted to look that up and make sure that that was... We were talking about how, how he humbled himself and how he might have retained some of the stuff and how he might have gained some of it. Right, and I think even points. even because Jesus was willing to, you know, I mean, John was like, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus, you need to be the one baptizing me. I, yeah. the, the roles need to be reversed here. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, oh, go for it. You know, this is this needs to happen. And, and I think that is another another thing that we see with Jesus' character of like, hey, look, he's he's doing... This he's submitting to John, and so maybe that's another emptying of himself right. aspect. Okay, well I see what you mean. So it, uh, to bring it to an end, I guess um, we we I guess we've come to the point of we could say that Jesus was, as we know, was fully God and fully human. Of course, and he could share that at any moment and be a part of that at any moment. I guess. But he chose. He chose which attributes he wanted to use. He chose when that happened. Is what I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys tune in to us in the next episode.